Welcome to Finally Fearless, a podcast devoted to uncovering everything you never knew you needed to know when it comes down to your health and wellness. My name is Dr. Melissa Chofi, a physical therapist specializing in pelvic health. After working in traditional healthcare for four years, I grew disenchanted with the gimmicks and the garbage, scare tactics and scarcity mindset, and all the things that were being pushed on people to make them fear their bodies instead of actually using them to live the lives that they so deserve. This podcast will give you all the tools to demand a life worth living instead of sitting your best days out on the sidelines. We get really raw around here, so grab your headphones and let's jump right into today's episode. I really never thought I would do it again, but your girl over here joined a gym for the first time in about seven years. The last time I was a gym member was in grad school, and I was working out at home. I have a lot of equipment. I like the privacy. I like that nobody bothers me here, but I there was equipment that I really wanted access to to facilitate rehabbing this fucking right leg that just is being a brat. And especially since it's getting cold out, like I can't go on hikes now. I live in the Northeast. Ice is a thing over here. And I really wanted access to a step mill and a treadmill so I can facilitate climbs, facilitate hikes. And um, I also like to take advantage of some of the equipment in the gym, even though I have like barbells and stuff at home. Since I'm already there, I might as well use all of it, right? So... I'm a creep, as most of you know. (laughs) I like to watch people move. And especially when I'm on the step mill, because like while you're on that thing, you're pretty high up in the sky in the gym and you get a very good bird's eye view of everyone. And every time I go, I'm just watching everyone go about their workouts, which is interesting. I like to watch how people move and what they decide to do. And there are three things that stick out to me each and every time I go to the gym. And we're talking about those three things today. And my goal with this episode is not to make you be like, oh, Dr. Mel told me never to do that because it's bad for me. I don't want that. I don't want you to come out of this episode thinking that. I want you to come out of this episode if you do one of these three things. I want you to start thinking about is there a way that I can incorporate some of what Dr. Mel said into my next workout? Or maybe I can seek out a CPT, a certified personal trainer to help me do this or something like that. Like behavior is not going to change in a day, but you can start planting the seeds of thinking about how you might want to change your behavior or your workout or your routine or whatever, and then just implement small tiny changes. So this is not a shame episode. I'm not putting this out there and saying you're doing anything wrong, even if you do one of these three things or all of these three things, but it's more to plant the seed into your brain about what to consider in order to possibly make your workouts more efficient. The first mistake I see a lot, even in my practice with my clients 
is you are not strength training in the gym. You're probably running to the cardio machines, to the elliptical, to the treadmill, to the step mill, to burn the most calories because you want to lose weight or you want to look a certain way. And lifting weights is going to make you bulky. And you're actually doing yourself a disservice by doing that. So the first thing I like, I just, this is the myth that I just want to dispel all around the world. If you do not have the appropriate level of a certain, like certain hormones and you're a woman, you are not going to get bulky from lifting weights. You're not going to look like a bodybuilder. It's just not going to happen unless you specifically are seeking out to do that. And you're going to need some assistance in doing that hormonally. Lifting weights is not bad for women. In fact, I encourage it. I encourage it with my clients. I encourage it in my Finally Floored program because it's so super beneficial. And there's a few reasons for this. So the the first one that everyone should know or probably knows, women are predisposed to or increased risk for osteoporosis, osteopenia, which is the weakening of your bones. And we don't want this because if you fall, you're more likely to break something. And that's just not a good time, right? So one way to help stave off this is with resistance training. And when I say resistance training, I'm I'm talking mainly like lifting weights, but heavy weights. And heavy is very relative. I'm not talking about a set of a thousand bicep curls with a one pound weight. I'm talking about like a decent amount of weight to where once you do like six to 12 reps, depending on what your goal is, or six to 15 reps, depending on what your goal is, you want to, you want to put it down. Like you're like, okay, I've had it. I need a break. That's what I'm talking about in regard to resistance training. So this helps build muscle, which helps support your, your bones and your joints. And I wish that more women would dive into weight training. And when I go, so my gym, despite it being super fucking cheap, which is very nice on my wallet, it's a pretty big gym. And there are, there are about three resistance training rooms. I'm like looking in my head. So yeah, so like there's, um, there's a, a room with a bench and a bunch of barbells and dumbbells with a a bunch of benches, not just one, (laughs) just one bench. And then you go into another room and there's like cable machines and some more free weights and um, what else is in there? And then some like freestanding machines, so like the leg press and the calf press and the quad, like the knee extension for your quads, like that type of stuff. And then there's the circuit training machine room, which that's where most women go, although I don't really see very many women in there when I go. But the other two rooms where there's like the scarier looking stuff, it's predominantly dudes and then me. And now I'm super privileged and I recognize my privilege because I know like I'm confident in going into a room like that because I'm well, I'm very familiar with the equipment. I'm very familiar with how to use it. I'm very familiar 
with how to work out with weights because I have a background in as a certified personal trainer and I'm a physical therapist now. So I am very privileged because I understand how to use it and I don't give two fucks if some dude is gonna like try to come at me and be like, oh, bleh, and say something stupid because I will have no problem telling him to fuck off. I've done it before, but that's me. So I'm very privileged in that. So, but if you have never lifted weights before or you're like I don't really know what a rep or set is or I don't really know how much to lift or I don't really know how to use the machines and I'd like to start in the circuit training room I'm going to this is your sign that if that's you and you are in the gym I would like you to set up an appointment with Um, they're usually like most gyms have like a member services person or a personal trainer and there's like a free session where they'll show you around the gym and they'll show you how to use the equipment. And if you don't have that and you do have the means to actually pay for a session, like an off the cuff session to learn how to use the equipment, I would strongly suggest that you even try one of those and if you don't have the means maybe you can I don't know research some ways to use the free weights like the dumbbells and start really light and try that or like if you are on the elliptical get a a bird's eye view of the weight room and see what other people are doing and kind of get an idea of that so there's a lot of different ways to kind of navigate the weight room at the gym and it it takes a lot of courage like I as I was navigating the weight room the first day like my first day at the new gym I was like I really give props to people who do this for the first time and don't really know what they're doing And they're like, I really want to learn how to weightlift because it's very fucking intimidating. It's really intimidating when you're going into a room with a bunch of grunting, ginormous dudes. And I am not stereotyping because today that's like everybody who was in the freaking weight room, room I was in. Especially the guys who were taking over the leg press that I wanted to use. But that's another story for another day. So that's the first mistake is doing all the cardio and not doing enough strength training. And we really, really need strength training. And side note, um, strength training also affords you conditioning your muscles to help prevent things like hernia or prolapse or leaking. It's actually really beneficial to your pelvic floor. So If you've been hanging out here for a while, you know that everything that lives in your body, a structure that lives in your body affects what lives above and below that structure. And pelvic floor and your pelvis are at the literal center of you. So if you build strong hips, a strong back, a strong, uh, strong knees, and like if you work on strength of all those muscle groups, this helps your pelvic floor. And you're probably like, well, Mel, like I'm not doing anything in my everyday life. I'm not a bodybuilder. What does this matter? But you don't realize how much strength training and resistance training you're doing in just your day-to-day life. So think about if you have a heavy laundry basket. It's sitting on the floor. You got to do wash. So you go to pick it up. 
picking it up depending on what your technique is. You're deadlifting, you are squatting potentially, and then you're essentially performing a row to bring the basket up. Those are three exercises that you should be training in the um, in the weight room using weights to set you up for picking that laundry basket up so that you don't throw your back out, so that you don't bear down with your pelvic floor. And bearing down is like you're pushing as if you're having a poop. A lot of people who are leaking or have prolapse or who have history of hernia, in my experience, a lot of them will bear down when they go to pick something up from the floor, that, especially when it's heavy. Um, because something that they do, in, in addition to not having the best strength, the best hip or core strength, they also hold their breath when they're picking up something heavy or even picking up something in general, like you're bracing yourself to lift something or reach for something or what have you. And when you're doing that, you're putting a lot of pressure on your pelvic floor. And we really want to mitigate that, especially since you're lifting and reaching and pulling and all this stuff all day long. Why wouldn't you set yourself up for success in the gym by mimicking or training and practicing some of those moves with a heavier load? This helps prevent things like I was just talking about, like hernia, like prolapse, like leaking. I mean, nothing's 100% preventable, but if you can condition your body around performing to do those things without compensating or having a minimal compensation when doing those, that's what's going to be setting you up for success. And women do so much around the house that it blows my mind that we aren't taught how to strength train and how to resistance train with weights that are heavier than a one pound dumbbell. It's crazy to me. You're lifting your kids, you're buying shit at BJ's and throwing it into your cart and then bringing it back. You're doing laundry, you're picking up your Le Creuset pot because those fuckers are heavy. Every, especially when they're full. Oh my God, side note, every time I cook something in my Le Creuset Dutch oven, which if you don't have one, oh my God, stock home goods because they often have them for like half price because I can't afford the full price version, but home goods sometimes has them and they're very, very heavy. So when I have it, like it's on the lowest shelf in the oven and there's like a roast or something in there and I pick it up and I'm like, oh my God, I am so glad that I strength train because if I didn't, like my back would be like, get the fuck out of here. What is wrong with you? So those are the types of things and the types of reasons why. And then there's like the obvious like joint replacements suck, hernia surgery sucks, um, mesh surgery, even though it's a load of bullshit, sucks. It all sucks. And you just want to prevent as much as you can. Again, nothing's 100% preventable, but if we can, you know, lessen the likelihood of those things happening, then why not? Side note, I'm so passionate about teaching women how to strength train and how important it is to learn for their pelvic floor. This is a big component of Finally Floored. We spend half of the program learning how to strength train and how to know like what does it feel like to, you know, cap out on reps and sets and what should I do when I deadlift and what does my breathing, what should my breathing look like and what should my pelvic floor be doing? We do all of that in there, 
because I do know that, like I said, it's it can be really scary going into a gym and picking up a pair of dumbbells and being like, okay, I'm going to do what I saw on YouTube now. And everybody, even though they're probably not watching you, but it feels like they're watching you. So I wanted this to be accessible to people if they wanted to try more resistance training in the comfort of their own homes and if they're in privacy. So finally, Florida is not open right now. But it will be sometime in the winter of 2023. I still haven't done like my launch calendar yet and I apologize. But I'm planning on opening it sometime early winter. So I'm going to drop the waitlist link in the show notes. If you're interested, you can sign up for the waitlist. You're not obligated to buy. It's just ensuring that you get the information when the doors open. And then you also get a nice little $200 off if you're on the waitlist as a thank you for, you know, letting me send you stuff in your inbox but you're not going to get spammed you're just going to get information about the program and other pelvic floor health information so if you're interested and that sounds like a good idea for you definitely head to the show notes and click on the link and just sign up for the wait list I promise I won't spam you Speaking of cardio, I probably sound like I hate cardio which I do but I also recognize that it is necessary because your heart is also a muscle and we also need to condition your heart so sometimes depending and I'm not going to get into this because it's a whole thing but depending on how your strength training um, routine is structured sometimes that could give you a cardiovascular benefit but now I'm going to talk about like straight cardio like what we typically think of as cardio so like the step mill and the treadmill can you tell I like I'm obsessed with the step mill I actually really like that machine. Um, But the second mistake that you might be making in the gym is you're hanging on for dear life. And I mean this in every literal sense there is. And I see this every time I go to the gym and every time I'm on the treadmill and the step mill. And people are like hanging on to the screen and they're leaning back on the treadmill or they're like, on the step mill and they're putting so much weight through their arms and they're hunched over. I actually saw a guy today who was hunched over and like gripping for dear life on the top of the step mill. So like not the monitor, but the the railing that's right next to the monitor. And he was white knuckling it. His knuckles were white not even exaggerating. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And okay, this is the thing. So again, this is how diet culture creeps into what we're doing in the gym. And diet culture has taught us that you need to burn the most calories and you need to go as fast as possible. And that's the only way your workout is going to count. And that's the only way you're going to lose weight. And that's going to be the best for you. And I feel like when people are doing things like the treadmill or like the step mill, they're trying to get the most bang for their buck in regard to calories burned, which there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to shame anybody who does that. If you're hanging on for dear life, I'm not going to shame you either. This isn't a shame session, remember? So we're just, we're having a conversation about these things to try to get us to start thinking about them in a different way. Hanging on for dear life on a cardio machine is actually a compensation and a clue that you might be doing something that's too hard for you. So for example, on the treadmill, if you need to hang on to the railing 
A, your core isn't working the most efficiently or optimally because it's not, so your core, your core muscles, and I'm talking like, when I say core, remember, I'm talking about your abs, your pelvic floor, your diaphragm, and your back muscles. Your core helps to stabilize you. It keeps you upright. It helps you balance. When you're holding on for dear life on the treadmill, whether that be, especially when if you're doing it on the monitor, but whether you're holding on to the monitor or you're putting a ton of weight through your arms on the railings, your core doesn't really need to do anything because your arms are doing that balance, that balancing act. It's helping you balance. It's helping keeping you upright. And those muscles that should be involved when you're walking, or when you're climbing a hill, they're not working the most optimally. So they're still working because you're not a blob on the floor. You're not like hunched over, right? You're still upright. They're still working. They're just not working as optimally as they could be working if you dropped your hands and you didn't use the railing. So if you do need to use the railing for balance, so like I total transparency, when I'm on the step mill, I get very disoriented being so high up. I don't do well with heights and I need to have my hands kind of like at the railing. So I'll have my hands there, but I'm very conscious of what, like how much weight is going through those hands. So they'll either be hovering over the railing or just my fingertips are touching to ensure like, okay, Mel, like you're still on the step mill. You're not falling off of it. It's still there instead of me pushing through and really bracing myself and doing the work that my core should be doing essentially. I hope that makes sense. So if you need to do that, that's totally fine. And then, so I'll do that because I want to get, I want, I'm working on endurance, remember. So it's, endurance is essentially performing for longer periods of time under a, a load that you can handle. So I will start off with that at a higher revolutions per minute because I want to get my cardio up and I want to get my legs working so that they they have they're under more force or under more I'm going to say duress which sounds bad but I don't mean it in a negative way they're under more stress they're under more strain they need to perform better I'm doing it for not essentially speed but endurance like I said so I need to when it's going that quickly I need to have some assurance that I'm not going to fall off of the step mill and that's why my hands are there and I only do this at a pace at which I can maintain a good engagement of my core and I don't need to put weight through my hands to take some of the pressure off. When I go through that, then I'll do an interval, another interval where I slow down the speed and I know that I can do it without even needing that reassurance that I'm not going to fall off the step mill. So I'll take my hands away. It's a much slower pace. It's probably half of what I did when my hands were there. And this is to train proprioception. So knowing where my body is in space, it's to train, continue training endurance because I'm still climbing. And it's just to, con- it's to help train core work. Um, so this is how 
when you, instead of just, and this is a side note too, because we're not talking about this today, but instead of just going to the gym and just putting yourself on a machine and being like, I'm, I've done this all the time and I've done this for the past five years and this is what I always do. I always do this resistance at this pace and this whatever in this order. When you have a purpose for doing things and you know how to program with that purpose, it makes your workout so much different than just going through the motions you know what I mean so I should have made that point number three actually is like don't go doing the same routine every day at the gym but that might actually be another podcast episode and now I'm thinking out loud so that was number two number two is try not to hang on for dear life and the third and final mistake you might be making at the gym is using those stupid inner and outer thigh machines. I cannot stand these things. I mean, they're not going to hurt you. They're just a waste of fucking time. There are so many other things that you can be doing instead of using these machines. I just hate them so much. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, most of you probably do, but you're sitting And depending on where these pads are placed, whether it be on the inside of your legs or the outside of your legs, you're either squeezing against them to work your inner thighs or you're separating them to work your outer thighs. And this machine is just fucking bogus. I don't know. Whatever. What happens is it's supposedly working, especially the outer thigh one, like the position of where you're at because you're sitting. So you're in what's called hip flexion. And when you're trying to work something like your glutes and you're in hip flexion, your glutes aren't working the best they can because they actually do the, they work to do the opposite, which is extension. And if you're coming from a place of flexion, there's nowhere, nowhere for them to, are you nuts? My cat was just eating my PBJ. How gross is that? (laughs) I am not going to edit that out because that was. It's just so so random and we needed some comic relief because I was going a little a little uh, psycho there. But essentially your glutes are when you're sitting, you're in hip flexion and your glutes are not in the optimal position to perform the most efficiently. So again, it's not gonna hurt you. It's just not the best use of your time. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be spending two hours in the gym. I don't even want to spend an hour. Like most days I'm like 45 minutes to an hour. That's it. Get me the hell out of here. So there are other ways to do it. So like for if you want an inner thigh work, you can do like sumo squats. You can do lateral squats, dynamic squats, sliding squats. Uh, What else can you do? I just had one and I blanked on it. But those were four versions of squats right there. You can do monster walks. You can do like there's a billion things to do. That would be way more efficient than sitting on a stupid machine, squeezing your inner thighs together. And side note, that machine is not doing anything for your pelvic floor. So your pelvic floor, a lot of people will overcompensate for pelvic floor engagement by over-engaging their inner thighs. And the pelvic floor is kind of like, oh, well, my job around here is done. Why do I have to do the most? And it does the least. 
So we need to kind of balance out that power, right? So we don't want one muscle group taking over for another. So if somebody tells you that doing an inner thigh machine or squeezing something between your legs is going to work your pelvic floor, they're full of fucking shit and tell them to shut up and don't give advice out anymore because it's just not true. And then, um, and then the one where you open, like I was talking about before, is essentially like a glute strengthener, even though it's not the best. Instead, you can use a cable machine and do, um, you put, you attach the cable and you lift your leg out to the side. Um, what else? Monster walks are also good for that. Squats are good for that. Deadlifts are good for that. Step ups, leg press, side step ups curtsy lunges like there's a million other ways to work your outer thighs and your glutes than that stupid thigh machine I hate those thigh machines so much can you tell I really cannot stand them and again if you're going to the gym and you absolutely love a thigh machine and you're gonna do it do it if you're like I'm not stepping foot in the weight room I want to do my cardio do your cardio if you're not ready to let go of the treadmill and you're holding onto the railing still, hold on to the railing. This is not this podcast episode was not meant to shame and it wasn't meant to change the way you're working out. It was just to plant some seeds into thinking about how you're working out. But at the end of the day, all movement, if your body is ready for it and you have the capacity to do it, all movement is good. And I don't want to deter you from going to the gym and doing something that even if like I talked about it on the episode today, right? I just want to, you to start thinking about things in a different way and maybe challenge how you are going about your routine in the gym because there are more efficient ways. And we're always learning. This is like learning is fluid. Everything is fluid. That's life, right? Nothing is ever set in stone. So if today you're like, I'm never stepping foot inside a fucking weight room. Fuck you, Mel. And next month, you're like, I'm ready to step foot inside that weight room. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to make that call. And then if you're like, I hate the weight room, then you're also allowed to make that call. So this is more educational than shaming. And I really wanted to drive that point home because I don't want to deter anybody from moving and using their bodies in ways that work for them. Okay, so that's what I got today. This is something that I really love talking about because I feel that it seems like it's a no-brainer, right? Like you know what to do in the gym or you know ex- like how to exercise, but there's so much nuance and so much science behind it that there are always things to learn about and it's so it's so dynamic and it's so exciting to me and I love talking about stuff like this. So, I hope you learned a lot today. If you have any questions, please, you can find me on Instagram, send me a DM. I'll put my information in the show notes as well. Um, my cat who is trying to eat my PBJ looks stoned right now. So I don't know what, what the hell is going on with her, but uh, she's purring. So I guess she's happy. But yeah, thank you as always for hanging out with me and my craziness today. I really appreciate it. So I will see you all on the next episode of Finally Fearless. No one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it.